0: You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. to another episode of gruesome and a natural I'm Shelley
1: and I am Eric and this is episode 9
0: back for another episode
1: so uh before we get started I wanted to say something again I think I said it in the first episode but now that we're at the ninth I just want to repeat it I don't like true crime <laughs> I don't like it because... It makes me fucking angry Very angry um, And I hear it a lot You know I'm a musician and sometimes I'm making a new song And I can't wait till My woman gets home so I can show her it And she busts through the door saying You got it! Oh I, I listened to a new podcast today <laughs> It's so true This guy was going through his dumpster and he found a head <laughs> and then, you, Who doesn't want to know this stuff? Oh man fuck It fucks with you
0: yeah I mean I you know I get to a state where it's like, okay, too much true crime, I need to you know my other favorites comedy comedy, anything, so yeah that's what I turn to, but yeah, but
1: I love you, <laughs> and I told you I'd help you out with this,
0: and I appreciate that so uh, can I say one thing? yeah, after this one, oh, you promised me you'll still do podcasts with me oh shit <laughs> this one's pretty bad, it's pretty bad,
1: I'm trying to find peace. <sighs>
0: Well, you you signed up for this, didn't you? I guess so. I kind of made you, but it's okay.
1: Bought her a diamond. I guess I signed up for it.
0: <laughs> you know what? We never really told people that... I don't know, we'll just say it now, but we, uh, we're, we've uh, we been together for 12 years, and we're engaged. And I've been wanting to do this podcast for a while, so that's, that's where we are right now.
1: <laughs> so, and she got into, like, the true crime stuff after a few years being together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it was probably more like eight to nine years of hearing all this stuff every fucking day.
0: Yep, yep. Really started with the, was the Intervention. You kind of got sucked into that one, right? Mm-hmm. That was a good show. That's I mean, a good I show. You, I everyone gets
1: sucked into true crime just because I don't like true crime all the time. I do have my days where I just veg out and watch crazy stuff about it. Yeah, yeah that's know? true.
0: Mm-hmm. BuzzFeed. Those Hulu great specials. Great show.
1: Yes. But, uh, Anyways, a, what's the next story to get me pissed off?
0: Yep.
1: <laughs> let's, uh, let's hear it. Here it is.
0: This is uh, it's a crazy one. So yeah, um, it's a story about uh, Mary Vincent. Uh, there's actually not a lot of information about her prior to this incident. I just can't find a lot of information. Maybe it's out there. I tried my hardest to find as much as I could. Um, I couldn't find where Mary was born. Uh, I couldn't really find out who her parents were, her, their names or anything. And it seems like she just wants a really quiet life after this happened to her, so I don't blame her. Um, But I do know Mary was born in 1963. She was one of seven children. Her father was a mechanic, and her mother was a blackjack dealer because they were living in Las Vegas, Nevada. So this story starts... Excuse me. This story starts when Mary was 15 years old in 1978. Mary loved to dance competitively, And she really just wanted to travel the world and perform at that time. Um, Also at that time in her life, her parents were fighting a lot and they were actually going through a divorce. And she just like, I don't know, as a teenager, she just really couldn't stand being around that and hearing them fight and stuff like that. So her grandfather lived in Berkeley, California, and she decided that she was going to leave and she was just going to go stay with him so that way she didn't, you know, have to be around her parents fighting so much. Um... She left home and she actually hitchhiked the whole way to her grandfather's house. Wow. Yeah, from Berkeley, or I'm sorry, from Las Vegas, Nevada to Berkeley, California.
1: But as our parents told us, that was a day and age to do that.
0: Yeah, everyone absolutely. was doing it. That. Yep. In that time. Yep. And that's funny. I just wrote down uh, that we we're talking about the '70s, so it's like hitchhiking. It wasn't a scary thing. A lot of people did. I mean, shit. My mom tells me when she was 16 how much she used to do that. Yeah.
1: All the time. And that's crazy because that's where most of the serial killers were around. Like yeah. that that era.
0: Yeah, I know. It's terrifying when she tells me. I'm like, what? It like blows my mind. But it's like, yeah, that, that was the time to do it, not be afraid of it. And I actually read somewhere where a lot of teenagers did at that time because they didn't have cars. You know, they just needed to get around. So they did it all the time.
1: Fast forward to now, there's going to be an Uber serial killer one day or, yeah. or already well, has there been.
0: already has been and okay. not a serial killer. But yeah, there's been a shooting where some um, a guy got in an Uber and shot the driver that's another story yeah but um so yeah by this point mary stated that um you know while she was hitchhiking she i mean she's 15 she's going i I don't even know i should have looked up how many miles from las vegas berkeley is but i'm assuming that's a lot it's gonna be like over 400 maybe maybe um look
2: that up while i continue Says 561
1: miles.
0: Okay, yes. Okay. So, yeah, we're talking. Mary is literally going 561 miles from Las Vegas to Berkeley. So, yeah, I mean, 15 years old going that far and just hitchhiking and stuff like that. Like, that's, that's gonna, you know, i be pretty tired then, too. So, yeah, by this t- point, she stated that she was extremely exhausted and she just wanted to go to sleep and, um, you know, while she was hitchhiking to her destination. But that's where I came across some different things. Um, So I looked up on many sources for this episode. Many of them stated that she was going on her, she was on her way to her grandfather's house. And then, and that um, she actually got homesick from being there for so long that she wanted to go back to Las Vegas. And then another one said that uh, she was obviously in Vegas and she wanted to go to Berkeley. It says that she was on Interstate 5. So that map I was showing you, it's, Interstate 5 is more towards Berkeley than Vegas. So I'm, I'm assuming, I'm just going to say, I think she was on her way to her grandfather's house instead of coming home. I think she was going from Las Vegas to then. And that's where she got so tired around Interstate 5 that, uh, yeah, it happened actually on September 29th of 1978. Mary was sitting on the side of the road. And there, she was there with two other hitchhikers that she didn't know. And they were all holding signs. And it said, you know, what the, where their destination was. And, and they were actually all heading in the same direction. And that was when 50-year-old Lawrence Singleton pulled over. And the three of them, the two hitchhikers and Mary, went up to him and asked him for a ride. And Lawrence stated that he only had room for one, even though he had an entire van like, entirely empty van, but he said he only had room for one, and Mary was extremely exhausted, she was tired, she just wanted to go to sleep, she wanted to go home, wherever that was, and she decided to get in, but, and these two hitchhikers were like, don't go, like, that van is empty, like, it's dangerous, don't go, but Mary went against it, and she got in the car, and they drove away. Okay, yeah, so they're driving down Interstate 5, and, um, he kind of goes in the wrong direction and Mary notices it. She, I think she fell asleep for a little bit and then she woke up and she noticed that they were not going in the direction that they were supposed to. And so she demanded him to stop and pull over. And he was like, oh, oh I'm sorry. I just, I got lost. It's, it's my bad. And then he turned around and started going in the right direction. And so it was like miles later, three or four miles later, that he was like, oh, you know what? I, I need to stop and go to the bathroom real quick. So he pulls over and kind of like a, like a deserted area. And he gets out. He's going to the bathroom. Mary actually stayed in, I think it was uh, this documentary that I'll mention later, um, that she was in the car and she was a little scared because she's like, well, maybe I need to outrun this, you know, this guy. And she noticed that one of her shoelaces were tied. So she was like, well, I'm healthy, I'm young, I can outrun him. He's old, you know, he's 50 years old. So she gets out of the car and she bends over to go tie her shoe. And he comes behind her and slams a a sledgehammer into her head and just knocks her out. So, he throws her in the back of his van. He ties up her hands. And he continuously, like, raped her throughout the entire night in the back of his van. Yeah, like, all night long. So, it says the next morning. I'm assuming it's got to be really early in the morning because if he's doing all of this to this little girl, I mean, it's gotta be somewhat dark for not a lot of people to see. So Lawrence actually proceeded to cut Mary's forearms off. Like just her hands. What like at her fuck? like, ri- yeah. Um, it's so a little spoiler, but not really, cause it's going to be in the title of this, but Mary does survive all of this, this whole event. Um, So this is actually a quote from Mary describing what had happened that morning. She says, quote, he took my left arm and took one swing and I started to fall. And then he took another swing and I grabbed him. him, I grabbed his arm, grabbed it real tight and I couldn't figure out holding on to him real tight on his arm. But I'm still falling. So it's like I read somewhere that like she literally was holding on to him. He like cut her arm off. And then she, you know, was falling. So she went to cut, I mean, uh, grab his other, you know, his same arm and he cut her arm. And I guess she didn't really notice it, you know, and like she felt like she was still holding on. But really, she had no arms and she was just falling down.
1: Jesus fucking Christ.
0: Yeah. And so Lawrence uh, came out and stated that he want he did this so that way nobody could identify her body because he believed that she was going to die. And he threw her down a hill where she landed 30 feet below into a concrete culvert on Interstate 5, like I had mentioned. And Mary was still alive. Uh, she was completely naked and severely hurt and extreme pain, obviously. But she fought everything inside of her to just not fall asleep. And was just reading this and hearing this thing you know, hearing the story from before, it's like, I don't know if I could have done this myself. It just blows my mind. Especially at 15, just like how what a badass she was to do all this to make sure she doesn't die and just to survive. Um, So she took what she had left of her forearms and she like dug mud, pretty much dug them into like mud and stuffed them, you know, just so that way she could stop the bleeding as much as possible. She climbed back up that 30 foot hill with her arms like kind of in the air so that she wouldn't bleed out. And also I heard so that way, like none of her muscles in her arms would like fall out or anything um, before she could find help. So she made it all the way up there. She got on the highway and she began walking for fucking three miles before someone helped her. Um, so a car with two men approached her. But as they got closer, they just like they saw they saw a naked, bloody woman with no arms and they just drove off. On one hand, that's got to be terrifying but on the other hand it's like I don't think that woman's going to hurt you in any way. Why not stop and help her? Like she had like I don't know. Maybe that is I don't know, prank. I have no idea. But um, another vehicle actually came across her and they picked her up. I heard one story that it was actually like a a couple on their like honeymoon or something and they lost like they didn't they, they lost direction of where they were going and they just happened to st- uh, stumble upon her. So I was like, what a crazy honeymoon, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, they brought her to the hospital. And while she was at the hospital, uh, she described what her attacker looked like to the officers. And they made a sketch. Or sketch artist probably made the sketch. Lawrence's neighbor saw that sketch and knew exactly who it was. And he reported him to the police. Um, Mary was released from the hospital with prosthetic arms. And six months after her attack, she went on stand, and she told the jury everything that Lawrence had done to her. That's going to be such a traumatic experience, having to do all that in front of a bunch of people you don't know.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, you're trying to get this dude...
0: Oh, 100%. Locked up? 100%, yeah. Of course. I mean, you don't have to. Which is no (laughs) justice
1: at all to me, even if you win that and he does get locked up for life or death penalty, like... Oh, you, know, you know, my thoughts and all that. This, by, by the way, this is the worst one you've told I'm, me so far. And you. I'm going to drink a lot tonight. I warned you. This is horrible. I mean, props to Mary for having the will to live that much. Like, that's fucking
0: up right, on her fifth, part. 15. Yeah. But. It gets worse.
1: It get.
0: You don't think it can.
1: What the fuck?
0: I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but so, yeah, he was found guilty. And Mary was awarded $2.56 million, but she has not received a penny of it because Lawrence was unemployed and he had no income.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So she just sued him?
0: In court? No, I don't, I don't know if technically she sued him, but in court she was awarded this money for that what sounds happened like a to her. Civil
1: suit kind of thing where she would sue somebody rather than him going to jail. I think, and, yeah, maybe
0: you know, possibly weird. it could be possible. Yeah, I never really read anything about that. I just said that she was awarded this money. I wonder. Yeah, I'm curious about that. But just to me, it's just like, why are, do they make criminals pay anything? Like, do they? You think this guy has two point five six million dollars?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, why do they make criminals pay this much? It just blows my mind. Like, she's it sucks that she's probably never going to see it or anything. But, anyways. um little sad thing. How long do you think Lawrence got sentenced for? Well,
1: the way you're looking at me, when you said the story's going to get worse. He did get it's sentenced. It's probably going to be sh- shit.
0: Yes. It's 14 years. Yeah. 14. Like, for kidnapping, attempted murder, rape, and a series of other crimes. So after his sentencing, when Mary was walking out of the court, she walked by Lawrence and he said to her, quote, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life. What a fucking monster. Like, you just did all this shit to her and still say that to her as she's walking out of the courthouse. And this asshole, this is where it goes, a little worse, Uh, he was released after just eight years for, quote, good good behavior. Of course. Good behavior after you just tormented a fucking 15-year-old. 19 years after the attack on Mary, on February 19th, 1997, after he was released from prison, Lawrence was living in Sulphur Springs, Florida. And that's where he picked up a sex worker and brought her back to his house. Lady of the night. And her name was Roxanne Hayes. So, according to Lawrence, what happened this night, there was an argument between between both of them. And she grabbed a knife and they were struggling over it for whatever reason, and Roxanne accidentally stabbed herself in the face, chest, and stomach seven times.
1: Yeah, because, you know, when I'm fighting somebody with a knife, I accidentally stab myself seven times, too.
0: So easy to do that. I mean, you know, why would you stop after the first time on accident?
1: And in my face.
0: Yeah. Um, So neighbor, um, somebody in the neighborhood called to report an assault, and Lawrence was arrested at the scene. Covered in blood. She did unfortunately die of her injuries at the age of 31, leaving behind three children. He got fucking released after eight years and then kills somebody.
1: That's usually how it goes in this justice system.
0: So yeah, in court, this asshole went on to... This is just like this sob story of trying to get uh, Roxanne help. Like, he, he stated that he picked up a TV remote like, after this whole thing happened, after she was stabbed, stabbed herself seven times, he picked up a TV remote and thought it was a phone to try to call 911. And then he just threw it on the ground because he realized it was a TV remote. And then he said that, he you know, he picked her up and she wrapped her arms around her, around him and was like, save me and all this stuff. And then um, she collapsed on the floor As he was trying to get her out to take her to the hospital. And she just like cried and he was crying and he was rubbing her face and he was trying to talk to her and she wasn't responding. Fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? He's such a fucking liar. He just made up this whole story of what really like what, you know, he thought happened. So he also told the jurors that he was depressed, a drunk and over medicated when he had picked up Roxanne. So he was finally sentenced to death, but he had died in prison from cancer in 2001. So, at least this motherfucker's dead.
1: After Roxanne's... Still didn't pay for his crimes. No. Continue. Not
0: not at all. Not at all. Not... Fuck. Even those eight years. After Roxanne's murder, the Singleton Bill was drafted in California, which this prevents any early release of offenders who commit crimes that involve torturing, which was crazy. I never heard about that. So, um, a little thing on Roxanne too, I read like her daughter came out kind of saying like people were bad mouthing her mom because she was like a sex worker or a prostitute back then, you know, in the seventies and they were coming out like, she's not a bad mom. She's doing what she had to do. And it was just like, it's, oh, it's heartbreaking hearing, you know, she, had, she left three, behind three children. It was just really sad reading that. But, um, so going back to Mary Vincent today, she would have been either 59 or 60 years old. And I had just read that, according to the VC Star, it's a Ventura County star,
1: um, posted on... paper newspaper, or their... Yeah.
0: It's like, I think they're online. online. Well,
1: now they are. Yeah. You know, it used to be a newspaper.
0: Yeah, this is 2009 when they wrote this. So, it was probably online. I don't know. But according to the VC Star, posted on May 1st of 2009, Mary stated that she wants everyone to see her as a survivor and not a victim. She also is now an artist stating, quote, I couldn't even draw a straight line, even with a ruler. I, I would mess it up. This is something that woke up after the attack. And my art has inspired me and given me self-esteem, unquote. At the age of 47, when this article um, was published, she was actually living in Ventura County, California, and she was raising her two sons. And at the time they were 21 and 23. I did read that she was married to their father, but I think they're now divorced. I I don't know if she's married now. There's still, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of information. She wants to be quiet. She wants to live her life how she wants to. So um, she spoke and displayed her artwork at an event held in Ventura by the Ventura County District Attorney's Office as part of a National Crime Victims Rights Week. Mary states, quote, I would never have been able to turn from victim to survivor without advocates and attorneys. I will never get over being attacked. I wake up every morning with a constant reminder, but I can move past it. Her reminder, as she says that, my constant reminder, she, like, holds up her arms. Like, that's her constant reminder yeah. every day. Um, oh, shit. Sorry, I did write it. So, Roxanne's daughter did comment she uh, that her mom was actually an abused child and that her daughter, you know, her daughter Rox- Rox- Roxanne's daughter wants everyone to know that her mom was amazing and that she just had to do what she had to do to raise her children. And uh, yeah, so here's a little, i am I'm gonna put in a little quote. Um, clip. I'm sorry, yeah, a clip of you guys gotta go watch this. I don't know if you've seen the show called I Survived. Shout out mom. She told me about this
1: show. One of those shows <laughs> yeah. I have to watch.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, it's a great episode. So I don't know if you've seen I Survived, but they usually do three stories on it. So it's like they do a little qu- clip of one story and they go to the other story and they go to the other story and then they'll go back to the other story. So Mary's in that whole thing. There's going to be two other stories in it. but uh, So yeah, I'm just going to sh- uh, do a little clip of the end of that. Here it
2: is. I never knew that there there could be people like that in the world. And I pray to God I never know another He was sentenced on death row, but he wasn't executed. He died of cancer. I didn't feel relief when he had died. I needed to know what was in that dark soul of his. I felt that I was robbed of that opportunity. But because of my sons, uh they, I saw the relief on their faces that made me realize, OK, that's good enough closure for me. I don't have to worry about my son's lives anymore. It's God and my sons that, that keep me going. Uh, they keep me loving life more than most people. I appreciate it more, and I'm just glad that I'm given another chance at life, that I didn't die. I'm a survivor. I survived.
0: So yeah, um, I know it's it's really sad, but yeah, like I said, go watch that that uh, documentary. I think I just found it on YouTube. I'm sure it's on something else too. But so yeah, that's the uh, the crazy story of Mary Vincent and how she was a badass survivor. Fucking crazy story. And how
1: the justice system fails people so they can. Mm-hmm maim and kill more.
0: Yep. An RIP to Roxanne Hayes.
1: Yep. It's really For sad sure. that
0: he did all this, went to jail, and then ends up killing somebody still.
1: And then blaming it on an accidental seven-time stabbing. Yeah. When his last victim lost her fucking arms
0: because Ig- of him. Exactly. Yeah, literally.
1: Like, duh, no one's going to believe that shit. <laughs> I
0: know. No, just like, not even our like shitty justice
1: system, it seems like, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, uh, yeah, if you if you like our show, <laughs> rate and review and do all that fun stuff, we would really, greatly appreciate it.
1: And follow, follow us, us. on uh, Instagram.
0: Yes, Gruesome and a natural.
1: We're also on TikTok.
0: TikTok, Twitter. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can email me at com. Any case suggestions or criticism, we'd love to hear that, too. But, yeah, just thank you guys all for listening to our little podcast. We love doing it. So.
1: Our little podcast. Or
0: I I think I like doing it a little better.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you do too. Yeah. Until well, the next one. Thanks guys.
0: Yes. Stay safe and be aware.